Hi, everyone. You're listening to In the Open, a podcast by Mental Health America, where we talk all things mental health related. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to In the Open. I'm here by myself today, so America's not here, but joining us is a guest, uh, Jennifer from our office. Jennifer, you want to say hi? Hi, everybody. This is the continuation of our series on overcoming intrusive thoughts. Um, The intrusive thought we're talking about today is I am scared something bad will happen to the people I love. And I thought before we kind of dive into that topic, Jennifer, do you want to give our audience a little intro into who you are and where you are in your mental health journey? Anything you want to share? Yeah, absolutely. So nice to meet everybody. Jennifer here with uh, Mental Health America. My role primarily here with Mental Health America is usually more on the development side and fundraising. But with everybody out there, you know, obviously in mental health, everyone has their different journey. And for me recently, um, I think something that really contributed to this was becoming a first-time mom. I've got a brand new, about to be, well, he's four months now, but I've always had anxiety and intrusive thoughts definitely my entire life, but I felt like they ramped up tenfold during my pregnancy. And then, of course, you know, added in the fact that we were going through a pandemic all at the same time, um, it was like on overdrive. I think just for clarity's sake and, and transparency, really, I feel like this is a common intrusive thought among people who struggle with OCD. Did you have this intrusive thought growing up or or did it just really mostly get triggered around having a baby? No. So I think like for me personally, I know I've always had those thoughts even uh, like even as a, and, and it wasn't always like constant every day, but it was definitely there. And especially during certain time periods, I have this weird thing where I say like every time I was like celebrating something, something would also happen. So like, for example, my quinceanera, which is for those who don't know, it's, you know, like a big celebration for Hispanic young girls who have, um, you know, they're coming of age of source. So during my quinceanera, we had a major hurricane like happen the day of. So I was like, why is it every time I have like these important life things happen, something also happens that threatens it and would push my mind into overdrive, like, oh my gosh, the worst is going to happen. Everyone's going to die and, and, you know, it's just going to be the worst. And then I think about it too, like I think back to my senior year in high school, 9-11 happened. Um, my dad at the time, he was in law enforcement and, you know, he had to, they called him up and, you know, he had to do certain things around that time. So just like different things in life. And it's just weird. Like even my wedding recently, a week before my wedding, my grandmother passed away. So it was just like constantly, I feel anytime there was like some major life moment, there is also other things. And so I feel ever since I was a child, I, I think part of me started to associate like okay, something bad's going to happen. And so, and then even more so now as an adult, you know, you grow to learn all the terrible things that do happen. And so now, and then the pandemic, it's just like is overdrive now. Before, I think it was much more manageable where yes, those thoughts came up, but I would try to like kind of just push them down. And now it's like, nope, they're, they were here, they're real. And it was real fun trying to manage those and being pregnant at the same time. Oh, man. So it sounds like it's hard to uncouple your control 
your responsibility to these events when they keep when bad things keep happening to people that you care about or you love around your event and so you have it's hard not to feel can you is that true like did you feel like oh my gosh if i have a birthday party or when when birthdays come like what are the events that come up for you that yeah absolutely so it's funny that you say that because um ever since i was a kid i can remember and this is obviously looking back now i realize it's just more when my birthday happens which is in august and i live in texas so it's prime hurricane season but of course as a child i don't realize any of these things and now i know it's because of that but when i was a child i was always like man, whenever my birthday comes around, it always seems like there's a hurricane or it's going to rain or it's going to be terrible. So I started to associate that anytime a birthday came up, something bad was going to happen, um, which, you know, but as an adult, I realized, oh, hello, Jennifer, it's just August, it's hurricane season, that's just going to happen. Um, and still things would happen random. And of course, I know this probably happens to everybody where we start to try to correlate things like we try to find patterns, or at least maybe that's how my brain works, where I'm just like, well, if I don't do this, then this won't happen or this, you know, this won't happen. So try to like kind of avoid those things. So like, even with my pregnancy, I waited an extremely long time to even announce that to family and friends, like, because in the back of my head, I was like, if I announce this, something's going to happen. And during that time, as it was already with the pandemic going on, and I unfortunately, we lost family members to COVID. That was, you know, in the back of my head. And I mean, I was fortunate that I was working for Mental Health America at the time where we could stay home. And I was basically like in a bubble completely with um, just my husband. While yes, when I was a child, some of those were ridiculous thoughts and I can explain them now but even now so i know i still part of me struggles with the whole if something good is happening in my life that something bad's not going to also come along with it yeah a lot of like impending doom yes and so does it feel like that feeling is kind of there all the time or does it ramp up does it come in ebbs and flow with it always there i think part of it is always there just like the i'm i'm a huge warrior like and it and it's yeah, not fun. But so for example, if my husband is, you know, he let's say he had to go for a meeting or something and he takes like two minutes longer than he's supposed to, mm. my head always goes to worst case scenario. And I hate that because, yeah. you know, yeah. it shouldn't, you know, more most likely nothing's wrong. It's just, you know, there's traffic or something like that. Um, so that's kind of been something that that's always happened where if something doesn't feel right or like even if it's like 10 minutes off or something I'm always like oh my gosh the world is crashing something probably happened but through some therapy that I've gone through I have been able to learn to control not control but try to manage those those thoughts where it's not basically like I can't control everything but I can control what's in my surroundings and I can control those thoughts and I can you know more than likely you know, those things aren't going to happen. So now it's been a little bit less like every, every single time. But I do feel, you know, especially around certain moments where I'm just like, it ramps up for sure. Like, and I and it's really hard to control those intrusive thoughts, whether like, I'm trying to or not, they just happen. And especially, you know, at two in the morning, when you're up, and you can't help but start thinking of all like, the worst case scenarios. Yeah. I feel like a lot of parents that I've worked with, and I I have to acknowledge that I have intrusive thoughts, but this one is not one of the ones that overwhelms me. 
but I worked with a lot of parents who sound like you too. And what I've heard from working with different parents is it sometimes can be a lot of different things that the thematic theme, like I've had some people where like food issues, like they might overcook their food because they're really scared that maybe their their children are going to get sick or yeah, like when your kid leaves the house, I think all parents like understand what it feels like to be scared. Yeah. But for parents who feel this particular fear, it's like another level. Yeah. 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 And my husband tells me that all the time. He's like, you're so paranoid. <laughs> He's like, because I'm like extra careful when it comes to the baby now you know obviously with and even my parents are like he's okay like you're literally a room away from him like it'll be fine we're and 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 it's not that I don't trust and acknowledge that I know that you know my child's in a safe place and they're going to be perfectly fine with them it's just my own thoughts having to battle against them and and it's funny you mentioned the whole food thing because my entire pregnancy, I was like, did you cook the chicken enough? Because we need to make sure the chicken, I don't get sick. Because the next <laughs> And it's just like silly things like that, that I, I think, you know, not everyone is constantly thinking um, with those thoughts in their head, like, oh, my goodness, if I don't control and make sure and double check, then, you know, something bad's going to happen. And you bring up something that's so important, which is the trust issue. Like with mental illnesses, it's so hard to explain to people who don't live with these kinds of thoughts that you're like, it's not that I don't trust you. I can't, I have these thoughts that I'm trying to manage. But from their perspective, and I totally get this, it's like, it's hard for them not to take that personally. Right. Like you don't trust them. Do you, do you feel that way? Like that's like an additional battle that you have because of the way the intrusive thoughts kind of get in your head in your life? Yeah, sometimes I think what does help is that like with my loved ones, um, especially my husband, he's kind of a he understands that to an extent because he kind of is a worry person, worry wart too is what he calls himself, which I don't know how great that is putting two people who worry all the time together. Somehow it it worked, though. Um, But definitely, um, I think he does understand that, um, especially like through the pregnancy. He was like amazing through that because I would literally like Every single time, be right before I had to go to a doctor's appointment, it was like I would break down, thinking the worst is going to be told to me at the office, and then like crying, throwing up, like all kinds of like physical symptoms. And he'd be the one that was able to like talk me down and calm me down and be like, "It's going to be fine." Like, and even if it's not, we'll get through it. Like, don't worry. Like, you know, things like that. So that does tremendously help when you do have somebody who can kind of relate to the same struggles that you have. But I know, like, for example, with my family, like one of my brothers, he's very much the total opposite of me. He's just like, nothing bad is ever going to happen. I wish I could see the world the way he sees things. He's just so optimistic. And like with the whole pandemic and stuff, I'm always, he's a school teacher. So he's just like, oh, no, it's fine. He's like, but part of him is like, he's like, I have to think this way or else I couldn't do my job, um, you know, where he's constantly like in the public and around kids. And he's like, if I was always thinking these the way you think he's like, you would, you just couldn't do it. I, you know, I couldn't do what you do. And so um, around that time, like, I know I was like, I've been super protective of the baby. And they're like, well, can we come over? Can we do this? And I'm just like, okay, yes, you can. But you got to wash your hands. You got to do this. You got to do that. And they're just like, you're being so overboard. And I'm like, I know, but 
you're just going to have to bear with me because that's what's going to make me feel comfortable. And I know I'm sure it's probably annoying, but they live with it. <laughs> and, and it sounds like being in a supportive environment makes you not feel like you, you probably feel bad because you know that like when they say, oh, you're going overboard, like that could make you feel bad. But I also hear in your tone of voice, like you're not, you don't totally feel like that bad. You're like, this is where my boundaries exist because of the way my brain is. And for the most part, they're fairly supportive. They're like, okay, yes. you know, we get it. That's dope. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, having that support is just a key to being able to like go through this and being okay with it. Um, I think if I was in or and I can say like in a previous relationship that I was in where it was the complete opposite, um, completely emotionally abusive, bad relationship that I was in. And it was the complete opposite where I was just, if I were, to, were having thoughts like that, it was just, you know, you were talked, I was talked down to, I was told all kinds of unsupportive things. And it was a complete mess because of that. Um, so I, that definitely is a huge factor for anyone who does have issues like this, if you can have that support system, or, you know, even if it is just like a close friend that can understand, like why you feel that way, or why you think that way, or why you don't want to go, you know, to the, um, like, I have a friend who now after what happened with the whole concert stuff, now she's like, I don't want to go to concerts ever again. And I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, you know, your, you know, your thoughts are going to put you in a place where you're not comfortable with and, you know, it's okay to feel that. Well, that sounds really hard. Like you were in a situation where you was that a close person? Was that your partner? Yeah, it was actually um, somebody I was in a pretty serious relationship with for quite a while. Um, it wasn't until finally I realized, like, what am I doing? <laughs> I need to get out of this bad relationship, um, which I was thankfully able to get out of, and um, before it led to like because it was emotionally abusive, but before it let, could have led to other situations. So luckily I woke up to that situation and got out of it. That's awesome. So t let's talk about your process for getting better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you were starting to work through things so that you could start to get better, like when did that start and what did that look like? So honestly, like I've never prior to, to when I was going through pregnancy, I never had like even thought of therapy or doing anything like that. It was just always mostly like, you know, going to friends and family for support in that kind of way. But when I got pregnant and I realized all these issues were still there and obviously very much coming, <laughs> coming alive and, uh, and out. And especially with having like physical reactions to those where, and it was funny because like, prior to being pregnant, wearing a mask, like didn't bother me at all. It was not even like an issue to me. But when um, I got pregnant, and I started having all these um, thoughts. And right before I would go into the doctor, like just putting on the, the mask, it would cause me to like, it would, I would feel like, Oh, I can't breathe in this thing, which is absolutely not true. It was just the physical reaction to all the anxiety and all the intrusive thoughts that was coming out. And just like, I would throw up, it wasn't morning sickness anymore. It was just the physical reaction again. And that's when I was like, okay, you need to start to address this in a much real, in a much more, you know, real sense and not just like, depend on whatever. So that's when I decided, okay, it's time to, you know, get somebody involved. And I did um, go through some th therapy at that time, which helped 
you know, really to control those thoughts. And, and that was part of the process. And part of that was also knowing that while very much a lot of that might have been contributing because I was pregnant, when you're pregnant, there's all these hormones that you have no idea that are coursing through your body. Um, I think like even after the fact, like, you know, that it's not just going to go away, it's going to you're gonna have to like keep working at it. Um, and being okay with it, while you have these thoughts, um, and being open with my support system that, Hey, you know, these are very real thoughts and worries that have come through me. So I need you to, to help support me too. So like, for example, my husband, he knows if he leaves the house, he'll, and, and I know it's like such a control thing. Cause some people would be like, Oh my gosh, that, that sounds so controlling, but he knows that it helps me. Um, with my thoughts. So if he leaves the house, he'll be like, Hey, I'm here at my destination. So I'm not thinking in the back of my head, something happened to him while he got to that destination. Um, and, you know, likewise, like with my family, like if they're traveling or something, Hey, we're, we got home, everyone's fine. Everything's good. Little things like that, that are, um, I'm able to control. And also too, one of the things that I know the, with like COVID and um, all of that was, having to realize like, no, you can't, you never will be able to control everything and that's okay. But you can control what you have in your household and the people around you and things like that. Just really understanding that, you know, I'll never have control over everything, but I can have control over certain things and that's okay. And, you know, it's just, and again, like I said, it's not something that happens overnight, but just really working towards that. And of course, you know, with the, with my therapist, like to address those things as, um, you know, the certain triggers that I have and like how to work through those triggers. So that's, I know for me, that was definitely the start of something that I, in the past, I was like, oh, it's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, I don't really need help. And then yeah. it's like, oh, yes, I do. That's true. Like a lot of people feel like a, a stressful life event will trigger it. And, and then you're like, oh, I really got to get it worked out. Um but it also sounds like you were able to break it down. So your therapist was like, here are the realms of things you can control. <laughs> and then here are the things that you probably can't. And you have to learn how to, it sounds like you went to the process of learning how to accept. Oh my gosh, it sounds like the serenity prayer, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sure. <laughs> and, and well, and you know what's interesting too about this thought is like it's not outside of the realm of a normal request for for people to say, "Hey, you're gonna take a long drive. Like, can you just text me and let me know that you arrived or whatever?" You know what I yeah, mean? No. Like, I think a lot of us do these things, so that's kind of nice. Are there kind of requests that you're like, I still feel bad that I'm asking this of my person, but I'm really glad that they are willing to do it. Yeah, I mean, um, I know, for example. Uh, because like right now when I went back to work, um, my parents are retired. And so they're the ones that kind of been taking care of uh, the baby while I work. Uh, but my I had all these requirements for them before <laughs> before they were allowed. It was like, make sure you get your you know booster shot and make sure you have your flu shot and make sure I want you to be wearing a mask and like all these things, which I know it was a little over the top. And even now, like, you know, luckily we're in my area cases have gone down tremendously. And so things are looking better. But even now, I'm still very much like, if anybody goes by the house, don't I don't want the baby around them. Like I don't like I have all these like very specific kind of and make sure you know, 
he needs to have his nap every, every so often because we need to make sure he's okay. Um, so I know like for my mom, those can be a little, I, I don't want to say annoying, but it's probably a little annoying because they're just like, okay, like I know that's just her going overboard. But, you know, she also is coming from a place of understanding that she knows, you know, I am at a place where I need this to happen for me to feel comfortable. And so she does it. And, um, or at least as far as I know, <laughs> she's doing <laughs> all of the things and, and that can, you know, it makes it easier for me to just be like, all right, I know they're, they're in a good place and they're taking care of them. I mean, I wish I didn't have to be over the top like that. And it, would, it could just be so simple. Like here's, you know, drop them off and see you later. Do people push back ever? Like, have you had somebody who was like, well, I know that you're wanting to do this, but I'm going to push back at you. And- Not yet. I know I've gotten a little bit of, of some pushback from like friends who haven't been able to come over um, where they're just like not happy about the situation. But in my head, I'm just like, well, sorry, like that's just the way it is right now. So sure. I'm sure they're kind of you know, they don't maybe express it to me, but I know they have been not happy with the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm okay with it just because I know, you know, I got to put myself first in, in that situation where me and my family, our comfort level and where I'm at is going to supersede. And if they're truly going to be supportive, then, you know, they'll deal with it, even if they're not happy with the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so yeah, definitely I know with with some friends more so than like family. Most of my family is, has been pretty understanding, but some of my friends not super happy because I keep getting requests like, oh, hey, can I go over now? And I'm just like, oh, let's give it another. And, and I keep, and I, and I find myself doing that, like pushing it. And at some point I know that's when like, okay, it's fine. And I'll have to like work my way to get to that point where I will trust everyone and, and, you know, to be around myself and my child. And I think, of course, it doesn't ha- it doesn't help that this all happened, you know, during a pandemic. So, yeah. When do you think that's going to happen for you? Like, what's your sense of that anticipation? <sighs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I think ultimately for me, it's going to be like little baby steps of gradually being able to you know, work myself up to that. And so like, you know, worked myself up to like trusting being away from the baby, like, you know, longer, a little bit at a time. Um, and then to like invite people over, you know, like I've had him around some family. So um, like my close initial family. And then like we had his first outing recently where he went to visit my other, um, his other grandparents, which was like, you know, big deal because I hadn't taken him out anywhere other than the doctors. But also in my head, I'm like, he needs to know his family. I can't just like wish I could keep him in a bubble my entire life. But you can't obviously, you know, that's not good either. Um, And so I know just gradually working on those like little steps at a time. And then also to just from like a statistic standpoint for me, like a very like data driven where it's like, okay, well, I know that right now we have, you know, only like 400 cases and statistically, you know, (laughs) he's, and then I also think too, for me, probably the biggest thing will be once he can get vaccinated. (laughs) Cause I know when I finally was able to get vaccinated, my family, that helped me to really be like, okay, now I know that, you know, 
we're protected to an extent and it's not just like this constant fear like oh my gosh it's something if I get it you don't know like I could be the one that I have a really bad ag- outcome or um, so I think the vaccine was <laughs> such a big part of that being mm-hmm. able to like myself be like okay like it's okay for my parents and for um, yeah. his aunts and uncles to be around him now or even myself like I hadn't walked into a store in like months because I was just so paranoid of catching something. And now that I got vaccinated, I was like, okay, cool. I can go into a store now and not have this like impending doom that I'm going to carry something to my family and the whole, you know, whole everything's going to be terrible. So that really did help. Baby steps too, like I said, you know, going to the store and then eventually, you know, that'll be going to a restaurant because like I haven't even gone to a restaurant in like two years because of that. But eventually, um, you know, I think just working a little bit out of time and with the help of some wonderful science, I think we will get there. When you talk about baby steps, it reminds me that, um, I mean, it's it's the case that for these kinds of intrusive thoughts where it's like fear-based, um, that baby steps are tied to systematic desensitization. Like if you're like, I cannot eat chicken. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's like, what? Well, you can choose to never eat chicken in your life or you can try to try chicken and then like try Eventually. to eat it, not burn, <laughs> you know, like <Yes. laughs> what are the steps that you can break down that are within the realm of your control, but to give into like allow yourself to process through the fear and that know, know that you're going to get out on the other side and like be okay. And it sounds like you're like okay, well, what makes me safe is I have a vaccine and I'm going to maybe go to the store, but it's going to be this store and it's going to be double masked. And it's, you know, and and like taking baby steps is a huge part of, I think, recovery from all intrusive thoughts. Mm -hmm. Not what I love about systematic desensitization, because it is so tied to specific phobias, right? It's like, okay, I'm scared of my birthday. (laughs) Like, what can you do (laughs) to like incrementally just work on really paying attention to that rising fear and then just allowing yourself a bit of that exposure yeah uh, and know that you're you're gonna survive like does that resonate with you that's like a whole oh, field of research on, on how to overcome these specific fears yeah, yeah. absolutely and i think uh, you know just like uh pre being a mother and pre-pandemic and all that stuff um i think that was probably something that i would do uh in my life like without even knowing that I was doing it. Um, Especially like, for example, like most people have like a fear of heights, right? Like I hate, um, I hate it. But, you know, there were certain situations where it's like, well, I want to go up this super tall building because it would be really cool to go to that rooftop bar, you know? So it was just like doing little things to expose myself here and there to eventually like realize like, hey, it's not, nothing's gonna happen like it's all good and I remember like I went we took a road trip to um California and um we had stopped I forget the name of the park I can't remember but it was like a it's like a meteorite site where you could go and visit and see this huge big hole in the earth but in order to like in order to get to it, you have to like climb all these stairs and go up really high. And like all my friends and um, some of my family that was there, they were like going up the stairs, like nothing, no big deal for them. But of course me over here with this like 
oh my God, I'm going to die if I go up these stairs. But you know, I took my time and took those steps up and I eventually got there and it was like worth it, you know, to, to overcome that fear and, you know, eventually get there, but within my own comfort level, you know, even though everyone else was like racing to the top, like no big deal here. I was taking like literally taking each step at a time um, to get there, but you know, it worked and gradually and in all things, you know, I've had those where with different like phobias that we, you have and things. And I, again, I know I probably am one of those people that's overly anxious just to begin with. And this has happened all my life. So that is definitely something that helps <laughs> just exposing yourself a little at a time and eventually working through where you feel comfortable and you know, Hey, nothing, it was all good. And it was worth it. And it was great. I had a great time. I had a great experience. I had, you know, this is yeah. that, and I don't have to worry myself over and have all these thoughts come to my head like every single time. And now you're just like, the next time you do it, you're like, I did it once. I can do it again. Yeah. I love the steps as a metaphor because you literally took steps. Yeah. And, and that is what someone has to do. You have to take actual steps. But you did and it's slow. What I love about it is like, you know, sometimes we feel fa- afraid that when we start down this process, people are going to push us too far too fast and you don't have that feeling of control. The therapeutic tool that we use for people is like you you take deep breaths, like you take the step mm-hmm. and you take the breath and you don't move forward until you feel good. Like you feel safe, you feel okay. Yeah. You take that step, you are in control of these steps, but you know somewhere in your heart like you know you have to move forward. You want to move forward because staying Absolutely. where you are is not where you really want to be, right? Yeah. I have a lot of anxiety too and it it's like you're safe, but you're not living right. Right, <laughs> it's not right. Really feeling great. You know? Absolutely. It's like, do I give into this space where I just like don't? It's like, yeah, I feel less anxious and I feel safe, but it doesn't mean that I feel good. Like I'm still yeah. totally overwhelmed and paralyzed by this feeling. And then you also start to see the way that it impacts other people. Like, I'm like, I have a five year old, and and like, like we wrestle with something similar, not to the degree you do, but mm-hmm. have people in my life who are anxious, and we're like, well, do we never, like, never go to a outdoor activity? Like, do we not go, like, sign them up for something? Right. And like, you can feel a lot of overwhelming guilt that piles on eventually, where you're like, okay, I feel compelled to, like, you know, tackle the experiences that I'm feeling because it starts to feel like maybe I'm holding people back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's something that especially when I was younger, like, um, with like certain levels of, you know, like when you're younger, and you're doing all kinds of crazy, like things, and normally, you're just like, living in the moment and having your fun. But I was always that friend, like thinking of like the 10 things that could go wrong. (laughs) And I'm sure that was not always fun. Um, But that yeah, definitely, I think that was something that through therapy, I was able to kind of even realize that I did that. Um, I think that was like step one is actually even realizing that you have all these thoughts and that's not maybe not, you know, what's normal, right? But that maybe it's not something that's normal. Um, and others aren't having these same, you know, thoughts all the time whenever they're doing anything. And, you know, really the, like the, the breathing techniques for me are essential. <laughs> like those really have helped me um, learn to uh, work through things. Like when the first time, again, an example of making that, you know, going to that grocery store, when I was going through therapy, there was like, you know, you're safe, like you can, you can do these things. And yeah. 
I remember the first time I tried to do it, it literally took me 20 minutes to get out of the car before I finally like worked myself up. But I did. And then when I was there, I was like, what was I so worried about? There's, it's totally fine. I feel totally safe here. But I think that's, you know, part of the journey is like learning those techniques that you can implement to get past those intrusive thoughts all the time. Um, And so, and, and really, again, having that support system to help you and to understand that, you know, okay, she might need an extra, you know, like little push or she might need an extra hand holding to get through this. But once she does have that, she can do it. Um, and then when you are able to do those things, realizing like it feels good and you can do those things. Um, and I yeah. think the more that, you know, you work through them and the more you're exposed to those fears, whatever they may be, yeah. um, you are able to then have a little bit more of a good time and not so much <laughs> let the anxiety take over. Allowing yourself that space to feel the pleasure of your the success of where yes. you got, which is, and it's so wild. Like, I don't think people get this. Like having worked with clients who, yeah, couldn't walk into a grocery store. It's funny that that's a grocery store or some location that just feels very overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. Like a bridge or driving on a highway, yeah. like there's so much effort that has to be taken to get to that place. It's so important to lean into taking a moment to also just revel (laughs) in in what you've done. And because I think for most of us who don't feel that fear, you know, we're like, great, good job. Let's go. Let's go shopping. (laughs) Let's go buy stuff. Let's do this, do this. And you're like, whoa, let me just be here. Like, do you know how big it was? I just literally walked in this store, you know, because then I feel like, like taking those steps and somebody going too fast also is like, oh my God, my anxiety is coming back. And then you're like fight or fight reflex. You're like, I'm going to, how do we not run away? You know, um, yeah. I just thank you for exploring the nuances of this yeah, particular thought. I think there's a lot m- more to share about, um, and you know, in our podcast, we have had a couple guests who have shared about these kinds of particular intrusive thoughts. And if you struggle with this, feel free to write to us at podcast at mhanational.org to share about things that you would love for us to unpack with people. But do you want to share some final thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think one thing I can definitely share is like if you've ever feel this or and you're currently, um, especially I think a lot of people with the, the pandemic kind of like forced this issue and or pushed it to the forefront where, you know, you're constantly thinking something bad's going to happen to your loved ones. Because that's, you know, one of the thoughts too that, and why I have those control issues. Because, and it's funny, because it was always just like, I'm so concerned about everyone else, that I forget to be concerned about myself. And so that's one thing I think, you know, to anyone out there listening, if you feel very similar situation like this, you know, focus on yourself. I promise you that your support system is going to understand that you need to focus on you, you know, and if you can go to therapy, encourage that. And if you can't, you know, just take those baby steps and, you know, really to acknowledge that you have those, those thoughts and that you can overcome them. I mean, I know it's possible. (laughs) I've done it. Um, It's just, but it does takes work and it does take, you know, time. It's not going to just magically disappear but if we work on it like it's definitely possible and you can definitely enjoy the moment and it's okay that you need to take your time to get there don't feel that you know you it has to happen you know quickly or else again you know just give yourself that time give yourself that patience and grace that you will get there Mm -hmm. 
Great. So we always close out with saying um, something about fighting in the open. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to close out for our for our podcast? Sure. Um, Tell people. Yeah. And again, I think I, I back to the whole like, you know, we, we need to fight in the open and, and let others be aware of our issues because otherwise you'll feel again. And again, I said the whole what is normal. I don't think there really is a normal. I think everybody has mental health. Everybody has things that they're battling, but we won't know and we won't get the support if we don't talk about it and we don't let others in on what's going on through in our mind. So we definitely need to always be fighting in the open and letting everybody in. And I guarantee you'll probably find about 10 other people who are going through the same thing. Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks so much. Keep on fighting in the open. We'll see you next time.